This week on the Docs to Dads podcast, spring is finally here, and I wanted to share some of the best ways to spend time with your kids as the weather gets better. And my favorite thing to do with my kids and the ways that one activity has helped me develop my relationship with them. You can start this activity today with your kids, and it will bear fruit for you. Let's take a walk together this week on the Docs to Dads podcast. Hello and welcome to the Docs to Dads podcast, a health and wellness resource for any dad looking to actively engage with their health, the health of their children, and building a stronger, healthier community around their family. Each week, Dr. Scott, a board-certified pediatrician, will explore topics relevant to child health and how dads can be an active participant in their growth, development, and other issues that affect children and the whole family. Hello and welcome back to the Docs to Dads podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Scott Grant, and I am very excited to have you here with me this week. The weather is finally getting nicer here in Michigan. We had one particularly nice week a few weeks ago where we got to spend a lot of time outside, and it just got me thinking about what are the things that I can do with my kids outside that they like to do, that I like to do, that's meaningful and relationship building, uh, and how can I sort of celebrate spring uh, in the podcast. And so that's what I want to try to do today by talking a little bit about the best activity that I've found to do with my kids outside. And you probably guessed from the title of the episode that that is to take a walk. There's a lot of great things about just being outside. Um, We'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. And the best thing about this activity is it gets you outside. It's totally free. Uh, It's got benefits for you as a parent and for your kids and for your relationship. And all you got to do is make a few minutes. It doesn't take that long. It can be as little as five minutes or you can go on a nice long adventure. uh, And either way, you're going to get benefit from it. And so I just want to really encourage you to get out there and take a walk with your kids. Enjoy this nice weather. Make the most of it. I started taking daily or almost daily walks with my oldest son when he was still less than a year old. Uh, you know, it was like probably our first uh, spring after he was born. So um, he was born in the summer and in those first few months before the weather got cold, we didn't do too much. I mean, we went for walks with him, but it wasn't quite as relationship building uh, as the ones that happened the following spring when he was getting, you know, nine months close to a year uh, as we moved into sort of his second summer. Uh, and I just started doing this every day. I would put him in this little car that he liked to ride in or in the stroller. And we just kind of walk up the street and walk back. And, uh, you know, we would just spend some time together. And it's become one of my favorite things to do, one of his favorite things to do. And we keep doing it. And now, <laughs> now I've got three kids that I'm trekking along on these walks when we go for them. And, and they're really meaningful to our family. And I think that's become uh, really special. And so as we've you know, we've gotten older, my kids have gotten older, they sort of have graduated from the stroller to the wagon to the bikes. And so now uh, a lot of times when we're going for these walks or outside time together, cruising around the neighborhood, uh, you know, my older kids will ride their bikes or balance bike, or they'll, maybe they'll still hop in the stroller in a wagon. Um, we'll pull the baby along and, and we'll just have a really good time kind of cruising the neighborhood. And there's a lot of really 
great reasons why this is a nice thing to do for both for you as a parent, as well as for your kids. And I just kind of wanted to unpack a little bit, like what are the benefits that I've seen from doing this regularly? And I'll say, you know, especially here in Michigan, when the weather gets nice, you know, late spring, throughout the summer and into the fall, I'm literally doing this basically every day for a variety of reasons that we'll talk about, but it is just so helpful for me and so helpful for my kids um, because of the benefits that I'm going to talk about in this episode. And so I just want to kind of walk through a few of them and kind of get you and give you an idea of why I always try to make time for this to to happen. And so the first one, the first couple that I want to talk about are, are the benefits to me personally for going on these walks. And sure, I would have these same benefits if I didn't take my kids along, but it's sort of a nice incentive for me to get outside by taking the kids along. And the first one is just that it's an opportunity to unplug. You know, I'm going to be off my phone. You know, at the most, I might have like a little music playing on, on one of our little Bluetooth speakers that we bring along. But for the most part, we're just sort of out in nature listening to the birds singing or seeing the, the critters running around. And we're just sort of being out in our neighborhood and enjoying the time outside. And I'm not on my phone. I'm not scrolling on social media. I've been talking a lot lately about the need to find at least a couple of hours a day to unplug from social media and unplug from our phones and make sure that we're plugging in to our kids. And I just, this is another one of those reminders that when I'm outside on these walks with my kids, then my phone is is put away or even left behind at the house, um, depending on on what's going on. And so it's a nice opportunity to just unplug, put my phone away, focus on connecting with my kids. And that's what sort of opens up the doors of opportunities to like all of these other benefits that are going to come from being outside. And for me, that's just the benefit of, of being outside. So not only am I unplugged, but I'm outside, I'm breathing some fresh air, I'm getting some steps in, you know, my, now my kids are at the point where they want to like run or they're going to ride their bikes. And even yesterday, you know, we were uh, out riding bikes through puddles and my oldest son wanted to race. And so he's, you know, he's riding his bike as fast as he can and I'm running, uh, just trying to keep up with them. And it gets the heart rate up. It gets me moving, gets some steps in. Um, you know, it, it gets you out in the sunlight, enjoying, you know, those twilight hours as the sun goes down. It's just a really pleasant time to to be outside. Um, and even if it's not for very long, just getting outside, breathing some fresh air, taking that time to just say, you know, reconnect again, get out away from the technology, away from the comforts of home and just kind of be outside breathing the fresh air for me is just a nice way to reset and kind of reconnect to myself and reconnect to my kids. And that's the next benefit is like just normalizing being outside with the kids and like showing our kids that like life is not only lived inside, indoors, you know, watching screens or playing with trucks. All of those things are good to certain degrees, but it's nice to sort of normalize like we're going to go outside, we're going to move our bodies, we're teaching our kids also to like get outside, ride your bike, run around, run off some energy and just like go out and have fun. And so my kids love being outside to the point where they are <laughs> asking to go outside, even if it's pouring down rain and you're like, guys, we're not going to go out in the rain. It's just not something that we're 
uh, going to do. Sometimes we will, but most of the time we're not going to. As a caveat to that, on the days when you can't go outside, either because it's raining or like you live in a place where part of the year it's like eight inches of snow outside and it's a lot of work to like get boots and pants and scarves and hats and gloves and everything on just to like go walk outside for six minutes and then come back and do 30 minutes of taking all those things back off again. Uh, A nice caveat to that or a nice replacement for that on some days is two recommendations. One is bath time. So like extended bath time. Most of the time, bath time should be a relatively short period of time where we're getting cleaned up and we're splashing for a few minutes and then we're getting out, you know, less than 10 or 15 minutes max. But on those days when your kids really need that sort of energy outlet, bath time can be one of those things, especially if you sort of put a pause on the splashing rules a little bit and let them kind of make a mess and be a little silly. Um, That can be a nice way to replace being outside on those days where it's not really practical to go outside. The other one, which because it's raining today at my house is what we did tonight. uh, I'm coming up right after this is that I have like a playlist of songs that my kids like to dance to. And so we just kind of play through four or five songs. We're dancing and we like let the kids uh, dance. And and of course, we're being part of it. This is another opportunity to sort of put your phone away other than the fact that it's playing uh, the music. You're not distracted on your phone or anything like that. You're also sort of up dancing, playing, being silly with the kids. So those are two things to do on the days when you can't be outside. But whenever you can, getting outside uh, really makes a big difference. The major benefit to your kids that you'll find, especially if you're doing this in the evening, is that it gets them that little bit of fresh air, that cool air. They're watching the sun go down. They're running off some some of their residual energy. All of these things are going to contribute to them falling asleep more effectively. It's going to help them with their transition into sleep. It's going to help them naturally release their own uh, melatonin and other sort of sleep signals in the body. And it's going to help them when you get back feel a little bit more ready to put their pajamas on and brush their teeth and go to bed um, and do those kinds of things. So especially when you're doing those things in the evening time, it can be really helpful uh, with sleep. The other thing is that commonly what happens if you're not outside doing some of these things or one of these other recommendations that I've made is a lot of time you fall into the trap of like, oh, well, we'll just watch a little bit of Bluey or Paw Patrol or something before the kids go to bed. And then that's a much harder transition for kids, partially because of the light stimulation from the screen, partially because of the excitement of whatever they're watching, uh, and partially just because of the behavioral challenges of sort of weaning off from screens or transitioning away from screen time is much harder than like coming inside from playing for most kids. Um, You know, certainly when we're outside playing, you know, my kids don't want to come inside even when it's dark outside. Um, But I find even that is a slightly more pleasant experience than trying to get them to like turn the TV off and and those kinds of things. So there's a lot of benefits to your kids from just being outside. And especially when you do it in these evening hours, as the sun's going down, it can really help their sleep uh, for all the reasons that we've talked about. So we've kind of talked about like, what is the benefit to you as an individual going out on these walks and being out in nature and, and certainly all those things about sleep for your kids is true for you too. It's going to help you sort of release your natural melatonin and get you to go sleep better. So we talked about the benefit to you to do this. We talked about sort of the individual benefit to your kids for doing this. But the most important thing about all of this is the opportunity that it gives you for conversations, 
right? And so the conversations that happen between you and your kids are not, they're not very likely to happen if you're all sort of watching TV before you go to bed or, you know, any number of other activities that might be done uh, before bed. So when you can make this little moment to just take a quick little jaunt around the block with your kids, and hopefully my kids will still want to do this as they get a little bit older, I'm going to try to continue to push for it. It just sort of creates that natural place for a conversation to erupt. And we talked a little bit uh, in previous episodes about like how to just be available, right? That compassionate, predictable availability to your kids is sort of what they need. And so when they're struggling with something, maybe there's something going on at school uh, or something going on in their personal life that they're struggling with and they kind of could use a little bit of advice, but they're not sure how to ask those kinds of things. When you give them those sort of natural moments to have those conversations, they're going to be more likely to happen. If you guys are so busy moving around, doing all these things, you're going to, you know, sports practices and piano recitals and whatever else that it is that you're doing. And there's no quiet moment with just you and your kid, then there's no time for them to sort of work up the courage to ask you a question. And so leaving that space to just have those sort of small talk conversations that might evolve into something more can be really helpful. And the other thing is that if they know that that's something that's going to happen with some regularity, then they know that that's a time that they can count on. And so when they have a question, they might save it for when you're out on one of these walks, right? Because they know that that's going to happen and they know it's a time that you've put your phone away and that there's nothing else going on. And you sort of, they sort of have your full attention, right? When obviously if they asked for it, hopefully you would put your phone away anytime. But in that moment, you've sort of already done that and you sort of already have made yourself available. And so having that compassionate, predictable availability will give them that space to talk to you about how school is going, what they think they want to be when they grow up, how their friendships are developing once they get older and they start to have feelings and wanting to have other kinds of relationships. You know, they can talk to you about those and you can kind of offer whatever guidance they might be looking for there. Those those little challenges and joys, like they can share those with you easier because you have this space that's not filled with something else that they can use to sort of talk to you, right? And certainly, you know, they can always say like, I really need to talk to you about something and you'll you'll make time for that. But when that time already exists, it doesn't feel like so much of a burden to them and makes them more likely to want to share those things with you. And then the last like fun game that I want to talk about that has kind of evolved as I've been on walks with my kids is just sort of, it's a lot of fun to kind of go around and play like an I spy game where you're like, asking them about things that are that are happening. And maybe this is like, I don't know how exactly how this will evolve as my kids get older, but certainly for the ages that they're in right now, where we're in kind of the preschool, early school-aged group, it's been fun to kind of evolve this game over time where you sort of start to point out basic things like shapes and colors and like asking your kid, what shape something is, what color something is, and then working from there and then seeing when they can recognize letters and numbers and uh, just sort of teaching them these little things along the way. And it's more fun because it's not like pointing at something in a workbook. It doesn't feel like homework. We're just sort of out and we see the stop sign and you ask, what color is the stop sign? Oh, it's red. You know, what shape is that? Oh, it's an octagon. How do you know it's an octagon? 
because it's got eight sides. Let's count the sides and then you can kind of point to them or, you know, if it's not too busy of a street, you can like pick them up and have them point to all the sides and count them together. Uh, you know, then we're going to start working on like, what are the letters on this sign? And and see if you can get to a point where they're recognizing the letters uh, on the sign. And then eventually you get to the point where, you know, my oldest now um, is about to turn five and he's sort of seen the same street signs enough as we've been on all these walks uh, that he's starting to like recognize the words and he can sort of read the the signs there to sort of say like, oh, that says no parking. We talk about like, what does that mean? And and those kinds of things. And so that's been a really fun um, kind of game. And now it's sort of evolved a little bit for him. And this is kind of where I could see it continuing to evolve is like his new favorite game is this sort of uh, here's the problem. What's the solution kind of game. And so we'll walk, you know, we'll walk around and he'll say, oh, I have a problem. And he'll like lay out this scenario and then say, what's the solution? Um, and so, for example, maybe I'll say like, oh, um, let's say I climbed up into this tree and it was too high and I was scared to get down. That's my problem. What's the solution? And then we talk about like, you could call for help or you could call a firefighter to come and bring a ladder so that you could get down, you know, and that's kind of a silly example. But, you know, as he gets older, we can start to talk about other sort of real life scenarios, real life problems um, that might come up, you know, like, for example, you know, I could talk to him about like, here's a problem. What happens if you were to be in the neighborhood and you get lost? Where could you go? What would be the solution to that problem? And we can talk about like how to find his way home or how to find his way to a friend's house that's at the other end of the street, right? Or like what were to happen if you were at home and the adult that was watching with you watching you got hurt? What would you do in that situation, right? And we could sort of talk through these. And he's probably still a little too young for these conversations now, but he's starting to ask me some questions about like understanding some of these more serious concepts that make me think that like, we're probably getting close to a point where he needs to be able to, you know, have a solution to these problems if they were to arise. And we've already started working with him on things like, you know, what's our address, which of course started while we were out for a walk and saying like, here, what are the numbers on the house? And he kind of tells you what the numbers on the house are and what street we live on. That way, if he were to get lost and need to talk to somebody about helping him get home, he could tell them where they, where he lives. Right. And then of course that leads to a conversation about safety. Maybe I'll do a whole other episode about stranger danger and, and safety and like how to talk to your kids about that. That'll be a different episode. But the point that I'm trying to get to is just like, it's an opportunity for discussion. And if they're not bringing problems to you, um, then there's an opportunity for you to sort of teach them things and kind of put them uh, out of their comfort zone a little bit and ask them about, you know, starting with basic stuff and then working your way up to more sort of philosophical conversations. And what would you do? You know, you could have conversations like, what would you do if somebody asked you if you wanted to do drugs or whatever the case may be, like, however you want to have those kinds of conversations um, and then just see what their responses are. Right. And then you can kind of coach them through that. And I feel like a walk is sort of a disarming scenario in which to do all of these things because it's not like high stress we're not like sitting it's not some kind of interrogation we're just like casually walking around the neighborhood and like oh what would you do in this situation and and it can be a little bit more laid back you can have a little bit more of a candid conversation without the stress of like needing to have the right answer right uh, and so i think that that's something to think about and so you know i just really want to encourage you to get out there, 
spend some time outdoor with your family. If you can go for a walk, uh, that's a really great way to do it. Get a little bit of exercise for you and for your kids. Um, get around the block, um, you know, go visit the other people in your neighborhood as you're walking around, you know, get outside as the sun's going down. Uh, it'll help you. Everyone in the house will sleep better. And then it'll really give you an opportunity to sort of grow and nurture your relationship, both for your kid to be able to rely on you for that compassionate, predictable availability, but also for you to sort of start important conversations, right? Which will start with sort of silly things like, you know, what color is the stop sign and, you know, what's inside the fire hydrant? Is there milk in the fire hydrant? No, no, no. There's water in the fire hydrant, right? Uh, And these kinds of like silly things, but they evolve over time into more serious philosophical conversations. But it all stems from this idea that while we're out for a walk, this is my time to have a conversation with my parents and with my dad, right? Um, And so sometimes I take all the kids on the walk. Sometimes I just take one or two, depending on who sort of needs it the most. And if there's one kid who needs a particular attention because they're struggling with some things, maybe I'll just take that one kid for the walk that night and we're going to go on our way and we're going to just spend some time together uh, one-on-one. And that can be a nice way to do that. Again, I talk a lot about the behavioral benefits of one-on-one time and it doesn't have to cost anything. You don't have to go anywhere or do anything. You can literally just walk around the block and you'll get all these benefits and that and the benefit of that one-on-one time if you have more than one kid. I'll encourage you once again to just get out there, take a walk, uh, spend some time outdoors with your kids. You're going to see all these benefits. and I think it's really going to, uh, you'll see a big difference if you start this today. And and now hopefully you understand why I do this basically every day. I get outside for at least five minutes with my kids, even if we just walk the little like half block around just to be outside, spend a little time together show them that that's a priority for me and then get back. And then there are other days that we're out for like 20 or 25 minutes going around, you know, a much bigger block or we go down to the park at the school and run around for a little while. All of these things can kind of exist on a spectrum, but get outside with your kids and be outside with your kids. Don't just take them to the park and then sit on your phone, like go and be at the park with them. Right. So I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to this episode of the Docs to Dads podcast. I hope that you found it useful and encouraging, uh, and you'll spend a little bit of time outside this week. I would love the chance to connect with you through social media. I'm at Docs to Dads pod on Instagram or Facebook, or you can look up my name, Dr. Scott Grant on LinkedIn. Uh, That's probably my favorite place to interact with folks, but anywhere you are, I want to be as well. Uh, If you don't really do the social media thing, that's fine as well. You can always send me an email at docstodadspod at gmail.com, and I'd love to connect with you that way as well. Please send me any uh, feedback you have on the podcast or episode ideas that you'd like to hear. Thanks, as always, to Phil Rabon for editing the show. Uh, He does such a great job for us every week, and he is the man. Tune in next week where I'm going to be talking with another dad podcaster. We're going to be doing some episode collaborations about the importance of building a community of dads to learn and grow with. Anthony Vandegrift from the Fathering Our Future podcast is going to be joining me on Docs to Dads next week. Until then, remember that what you do as a dad matters. Keep building healthier dads, happier kids, and stronger communities. The information included in this podcast and other Docs to Dads platforms is intended for your education and entertainment only. It is not intended as medical advice and should not replace a relationship with a primary care pediatrician or other provider who will give the most appropriate recommendations for your individual situation.